Today, I'm with the co-founder and director of Pure PR, Kelly Marks. Specializing in beauty and well-being, Kelly has over 26 years of experience in the arena, working with some of the best-in-class brands. Let's dive straight in. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success, and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable & Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable & Main has been an incredible journey so far, and I decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. Thank you so much for tuning in and spreading the love, and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review, and we can't wait to see what you're loving so far. So without further ado, it's a delight to welcome our guest for today, Kelly Marks. She's the co-founder of Pure PR, heading up their beauty and wellness division, alongside her business partner, Cara Ward, who leads their lifestyle and interior section. Founded the agency in 1999, Kelly has over 26 years of experience in beauty PR, working with some of the most groundbreaking brands and retailers, including Hermes, Burberry, Malton Brown, QVC, and Holland and Barrett. Commercially driven and client-centered, what I especially love is Kelly's powerhouse energy behind innovation in PR. Pure was one of the first to draw attention to clean brands launching Method in the UK, as well as being the first to embrace the blogger space. So now, of course, a huge influencer division in itself. Spearheading emerging beauty and the latest in technology, Kelly has truly influenced the industry as a whole. So Kelly, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. That was quite an introduction. And it's very strange to hear you talking about me like that because as the PR, you're the one talking about everyone I else. Know. I was, and I was, I was nervous are. there because I was like, oh God, like you make people and brands sound so good all the time. I was like, can I do justice? I was like, but actually... How do I even synthesize what you've done? That was the hardest part for me because what you've done is incredible, but you've done a lot of it. So, but yeah, we have more time in the podcast to talk through all of those experiences. But I do want to start at the beginning. The first uh, question I ask all my guests, I'm going to ask you, is who in a nutshell is Kelly? I'm quite a modest person. I'm quite low key. I don't really love attention particularly. I would say professionally, like I'm a real, obviously, champion of brands, a cheerleader, a gatekeeper for all of our different clients. Um, I'm very determined. I'm constantly, like literally my brain doesn't stop. I think in terms of creativity and ideas, it doesn't know how to switch off. And that's um, that's quite an interesting part, I think, to who I am as a person. Um, and then I'm a wife. I'm a mother of two unbelievable teenagers who are both completely different, but incredibly opinionated. Um, I'm a daughter, I'm a sister, I'm an auntie, and fortunately, a friend to many. And fortunately, for us being here today, or I don't know, fortunately or not, co-founder of Pure, which feels like the blood running through my veins, to be fair. Oh, I love that. And there's so much to Pure today. Um, and it's amazing how it's, 
yeah, if you think about it, it's it's lasted a like different cent uh, different centuries, I guess, like nineteen hundreds and and the two thousand plus. It's lasted a pandemic. It's probably gone through so many iterations, but also um, additions, um, and that must have been such an incredible experience, just to like be a, a gatekeeper of such an incredible thing that's beyond you know you and your co-founder as well it, it's 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 a family to many others as you've employed more people but you've also uh kind of got more brands as well on your roster so can't we talk about how that started but i do want to go back to the beginning um so you were born and raised whereabouts in england I was born and raised in London, in North London. London. So I grew up basically in Hampstead and I live not that far from there now. Amazing. So yeah, we're both North Londoners. So I would love to know from your perspective, what was like your first introductions into beauty? Do you remember like growing up? I don't know. I remember it so well. And it might sound crazy, but I mean, I believe I was reviewing beauty products from about the age of four. My father had a hairdressing business. Um, and he, he was based in London, actually, in Queensway. At the time, it was called Henry Bernard. And this new product had come out, and it was called Hair Conditioner. And he brought it home, and I think it was, it was my mum was washing my hair, and she said, oh, Daddy's brought this new thing home. It literally came in a gallon bottle like this, this um, very pale green gunk, for want of a better word. And she put it on my hair, and she, ex- cause, and she explained, this is going to help make your hair like smooth and like feel nice and not be knotty and tangled. And I remember that so incredibly well to the point that I could, I could, I won't go, I won't bore you with it, but I could explain the entire bottle to you, how it felt, what it smelt like. It was, it was really a special moment because before you could get hair conditioner, you had a product called Life Tex, which Mm. I don't even really know what that was because I was four. But that was what I had before. And she said, you'll use this instead. We'll, we'll use this now instead of life techs. So I grew up in hair. And so he had, my father also has a property business, but he had, at the time I said to it was Henry Bernard. And then in later life, it became HQ. And then later on, he started HQhair.com, which was selling beauty, like a real groundbreaking move and taking beauty products and selling them online. And he started that at the same time that Netta Porter was starting in fashion. So beauty was always at the core of so much that went on. And so I would, you know, on Saturdays, he'd go into the salon um, to go and check on staff and to lock up and all that stuff. And I'd go with and I Honestly, the smell of a hair salon feels like my spiritual home. It really does. It feels so special. But then in the 80s, it didn't just smell of shampoo and hair conditioner, it also smell of cigarettes because everyone would be smoking all of the time. And you'd come home and your hair would look fabulous, but it would stink of smoke. You have to wash it again. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So I think think I got the beauty bug at a really young age. And I think to be born into beauty is such an incredible privilege because yeah. the whole environment of beauty and to your point of sort of um, of people working collaboratively and not in competition with each other. I feel like beauty really can be that space for companies to come together and people to come together and help each other out. And I feel as well that beauty and, and of course you work with your sister, right? Yeah. But there's so many businesses in beauty and really to a lot of point in hair as well, but certainly in beauty where family works together. So whilst I didn't work in the salon, when we started at Pure, we did 
representhqhair.com, which, which was amazing. But then, like, thinking back, you know, Daniel and Luke Hersherson worked together. Lisa and Lauren Goldfaden worked together. The, You know, there's so many beauty businesses which are family-based. And, and I feel like that really resonated with me. And certainly with my business partner, Cara, we come, you know, she comes from South London, I come from North London. Like, we don't have that much in common. But together, we have built a family within within our office environment and and the team often say that that it does it, it doesn't feel like a normal office it does feel almost like um we're all in we're kind of all in it together oh that's amazing so that's yeah. quite nice yeah I, you know i love so many nuggets of of like personal truth for me as well like so my my dad was born um well i was born in a, in a family where my dad is is wasn't born in beauty but he really from a young age was in the beauty industry so he's got like a fragrance uh, kind of I kind of call it empire but it's like a yeah. fragrance company over 40 years um and I think subconsciously I was you know obviously brought around that and therefore even though I studied engineering at uni and was going to go down a different path I ended up finding myself back in you know, into beauty because it was innate from my blood exactly as you said in earliest before too but also I think um yeah the the, the fact of, of the matter is there is moments and I think there's been moments in in companies and and, and in times maybe like in early 2000s even or, or uh, 2010s I felt like there was a lot of competition in beauty but if you really go back to the core of it a consumer doesn't have one brand right they have multiple brands in sure. their portfolio so it's from a consumer perspective they they only want collaboration they want to not see one brand say, this is my be- the best ever lipstick and this is the best ever blush and this is the best... Because they don't believe it in the day. Like There has to be one a bit better than the other and maybe there's another formula out there that's slightly better. So it's not to say like it's a smart business tactic for a brand to say that, but if you can collaborate and maybe uh, shed a light on some other amazing formulas... I think it really is what the consumers are looking for too. So yeah, just kind of like a little segue there, but I love uh, those little nuggets that you were sharing. But I, I, you mentioned about Cara, and I, I would love to know how you guys both met, actually. Sure. So Cara is, um, she's amazing, honestly. I couldn't wish for a better business partner ever. We've worked together for, so we've been at Pure for 23 years, and we met previous to that when we worked for Jenny Halpin. So... <laughs> Um, that was back. That was back when Jenny was helping associates, and we were. I think I was probably her sixth employee, and Cara was maybe her seventh or eighth. Wow! And so That's... we had an incredible start, right? Like, yeah. what an amazing person to learn from, and and actually, her, her unfortunately, her father recently passed away, but he would come in the office and he would just like, there'd be little nuggets of wisdom that he'd, that he'd share with the group. And that some of those things are still, you know, still with us and, and play a part in, in kind of our mindset when it comes to business and, and, and running, and running the business and, and working hard. Um, so we met at Halpin. I was running the beauty division and Cara was brought in to run the interiors division. And then at one point, um, something which I think, I don't know if this is unique. I don't know. If it's foolish, maybe Cara and I have made all our big decisions off the cuff. Nothing's been like deeply considered. Mm. Um, We've always gone with gut feeling. It's always been a sensible move. But literally, I remember her turning to me one day and saying, should we just do this on our own? And I went, yeah, I I think we could. Sure. So I went home and I said to my parents, oh, Cara and I are going to open up our own business. 
So my parents were like, okay, great, go for it. Came into the, came into work the next day and I said, right, so when are we going to do it? And she said, what? And I said, when are we going to start our business? She goes, what are you talking about? I said, well, you said yesterday and I've been thinking about it. I think it's a really good idea. She went, yeah, no, you're right. Okay, let's do it. And, she and was like, literally yeah. that. And, so in, and in how many years have we worked together? 26 years or something we've worked together. We have not once had an argument. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Not, which is incredible, right? Because, of yeah. course, you know... That's normal. I mean, I, I had an argument this morning with my sister. So, you know, but I think it's harder when you're siblings. But yeah, yeah, generally, yeah. But that's amazing. It's amazing. So we live in different sides of London. We have completely different networks, completely yeah. different friends professionally and, 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 and socially. But yeah, it just works incredibly well. And if ever I'm stuck on something and I need her counsel, she gives me the exact answer I need every single time. And she's never been wrong. That, and I think also there's a really good, I think, um, lesson there about like having really clear remits as well. It's one of the reasons why me and my sister on most occasions work well yeah. is because we really know what we're both, we have our own divisions, our own areas of expertise and, and I guess accountability even. Mm-hmm. So you know, she does the products and all of that stuff. And I'm like, and the creative direction, and I'm just more the, the team, this PNL this, this, as a CEO. Yeah. And I let her do that. I don't get too much in the way of that. If she has a vision for the product, I'll obviously have my two cents, but it's really her decision. So I think that kind of works really well, um, kind of side by side. But um, did you like both know from day one when creating this, that you would both like split those roles and like beauty wellness and lifestyle interiors? Did you know that? Absolutely. So that was kind of my, it was really based on our personal interest and our desire to want to work with brands that we felt, that we felt truly passionate about, not just brands that we were told here, go, go work on this, please. Um, And, and brands that really had a story to tell. So it was a very different time in 99, 2000. brands just it was a time when a brand could just bring out a product and it just be new and that could be enough but we always wanted to get behind that and dig deeper and say look it's not about the product people don't just buy into the product they buy into the story they buy into the why and I think it's really important that brands understand to get that right at the beginning to that people people buy the product that that almost reflects who they are as a person and, 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 and it's an emotive purchase when you're buying into beauty or you're buying into interiors. It's a completely different mindset because beauty yes. can be small amount of money. You can use it a couple of times and you're done. But an interiors purchase, much more, to some extent, much more considered, generally mm-hmm. more expensive, something you're going to live with for a long time. Exactly, exactly. And that was all, interiors was always Cara's thing. So it was absolutely clear from the offset. She'd do that and I would do that. And we set up the business, I think it was the 26th of March. We had our first business meeting on the 27th of March. And we signed our first client, which was a company called The Curtain Exchange. And then on the 28th of March, we signed our first beauty client, which was Sean Hanna, which, um, who, who's got an amazing business kind of around Epsom, sorry, around those areas, which was a hairdressing business. And so we were off and we knew and she did that and I did that. And then we just grew it from there. Well, OK, so I want to I think I want to go backwards a little bit to talk about because sure. a lot of people might have found that potential co-founder in their workspace, right? But, um, and I've interviewed a lot of people, whether it was like the Glorespi girls, Bertha L'Oreal and stuff, and it's, I've seen this happen. But um, 
you guys both knew you both said let's do it but then what was that like procedure like did you have like what did you actually take a bit more time did you literally just like quit the next day and then like boom start working a business plan like how did you do that we quit about two weeks later because Cara yeah. had a holiday so we didn't want to okay, quit yeah so she went on holiday and for me yeah. to be left there and it was a bit, you know. and then like hostile yeah but actually <laughs> yeah. so we quit two weeks later and, and we we left quite swiftly and we made it we were very fond of Jenny and very you know we worked all really well together so we never had any intention of taking any of our clients or doing anything that was you know very transparent I would feel would be inappropriate and we said that to her and she respected it and she you know she wished us well sent us on our way and and there we were and so the next day we decided we best have our first business meeting and we went to TGI Fridays, which basically, Cara lives south, I'm north. So it's like, let's meet in the middle. So we went to TGI Fridays. Yeah. And I don't know why, but we did. And we were in the heart of Covent Garden. Oh, I do know why. Because the computer shop was next door. The Dell uh, uh, Gateway shop. Yeah. So we decided, right, we'll meet there. We'll have lunch. We'll, put, we'll, we'll fathom out a business plan of some description. And we went toward a lunch and we looked at each other and we both thought exactly the same time. Why are we spending money on lunch? We might never earn any money ever again. <laughs> so, so as legend would have it, Akash, we shared a baked potato um, because it was the cheapest thing on the menu. And we put a business plan together and we set up a meeting with a property guy who the next day was going to show us a couple of offices. We bought our computers we found it was the first office we walked into at 66 Great Titchfield Street. It was just about big enough for me, Cara, our desks and a meeting table, which the chap upstairs gave very generously gave to us because he was going to throw it out. Oh, wow. and, and that was literally it. And we knew like we had already made contacts, you know, not people that we'd yeah. worked with before, but people we'd met through the industry. And truly, we felt, I don't know if it was youth. I was 24, right, at the time. Cara was maybe 26, 27. Like, we had a spring in our step. We were hungry for it. We would talk to anyone. We would meet anyone. And we were ready. And we just knew it was the right thing to do. I'm so glad I asked that question. That's amazing. That's that's so exciting, but also so, um, yeah, like, I love this kind of um, real, like, mindful approaches to starting a business because it's so true like even if you come from money you don't come from money like starting it very holistically thinking about the basics of you know making a conscious effort to make a sustainable business that's going forward I think is very important so from everything from your first office space being very I guess proactive with like can we get a desk somewhere else without paying like all this stuff is very important like I, I remember when I built Fable at the beginning it was me and my sister and I, I used to work at Dior and I took my, uh, my intern at the time. Uh, she, she, she quit to move to London because I trusted her, right? And I, I thought that's someone I trust. I know I don't have to like go and hire a lot. And it was just us three for a long time just building it. Uh, and then obviously step by step you start spending more when you start seeing results right exactly. uh, and then that's the best way to do it and then today now I'm like but then there's a point sometimes where it happens where you're like you get carried away and then you're like hang on okay I've, I've overhired or I've over um not overhired but you know I've maybe went a bit too soon or I need to like I went spent too much on my office so it's it's a it's a fine balance but you could yeah don't want to get carried away because it can happen in, especially yes. a couple of years in um so I want to start with um now your journey with pure PR the name, so I'm pretty sure the capital P and R 
is a reference to PR, but exactly. tell me if that's correct. Okay, is that correct? Yeah, no, that's absolutely correct. And it was it funny is. because when we were thinking of a name, yeah, the fu- so Cara's with a C and Kelly's with a K. So we thought yeah. it'd be quite cute to play on the CK because at the time, Calvin Klein's unisex fragrance was like absolutely killing it. And yeah. then we thought we could call it CK2. Um, yeah, but well, you could have called it cake, like C A K E. Yeah, exactly. That would be cute. But so, but then we thought we'd maybe have a, a loss, lawsuit on our hands yeah, yeah. by calling it CK two. So then we thought we just wanted to play around with it being ha- words with P and R in it, really. Yes. So we played with power and we played with different things. But then ultimately, pure just really made sense to us because mm. we just wanted to give like the pure message of the brands that we work with. Like, what is it? Like, let's strip it back and let's see what, see what's there to tell. Oh, I so, love that. And, yeah. and initially it was li- literally, we purely do PR. That's what we do. Yeah. Uh, but also like we, we play on the word quite a lot. And rightly so. Yeah. It's a beautiful word. And it also resonates with so many people, but I think it, it really shows the intention and it's that guiding, like, word in everything you do i think it's good as a business to have that um you know whether it's a saying or a mantra or word or quote whatever that keeps you grounded to your mission because it can get carried away especially if you have new stakeholders involved whether it's like new divisions or you hire new directors telling them like pure is that is is the gateway to keep you know that's really important so i love that um so i know there's actually um a few divisions and stuff named like pure talent pure division so i want to talk about all of that so can you i'll leave it to you because i think you'll do without me interrupting do you just want to paint us a picture of the last uh 26 years or you know building pure pr and how and uh it's not been 26 years has it it's actually been 22 years of pure pr exactly yeah so yeah 23 years of pure PR. 23, yeah. Which is actually my magic number, 23, um, because I was born on the 23rd of October. And Ah. I don't know, I'm not particularly into numerology, but I kind of felt like our 23rd year was going to be something exciting and special. So so, um, some great stuff's happened actually this year. It's been a mad time. I have to tell you, I don't know where the years have gone. And, but I know that we've been so privileged to work with so many incredible brands. Mm. Um, And, you know, we've had... We've, I mean, I probably had training in, in over a hundred different beauty brands. We've had access to some of the best creators, experts, craftsmen, you know, in beauty and in interiors. And it's it's actually mind blowing when we stop and think about it. But I think the secret is to not stop and think about it. Exactly. Because <laughs> then you just keep going. Yeah. Um, gosh, what can I tell you? Shortly after yeah. we set up Pure, mm-hmm. um, we set up Pura which was our division for brands that were cleaner, greener, give back or do good. This wasn't at a time when having consumer social responsibility was even a thing. It was just something that, again, it was a gut feeling. We want to help these brands who are trying to help this wonderful world that we live in. And from the early days, you know, you know, I'm not trying to be like super green or whatever, but it's just as it was, it was something that meant something to us. And I think that when, business comes from a place of truth that's where you can really thrive in in what you're doing and the stories that you're telling and and you can grow from that and it's things that we care about so we really cared about the planet and so silly thing well not silly things but you know our office was um we partnered in the early days with ecotricity 
um, to have um, sustainable energy powering our office. I drive an electric car. We did all these things and then we start and, and we really wanted to be able to support these brands and and it was almost as if everything kind of fell into place because we started working with Burt's Bees and we worked with Burt's Bees yeah. for a long time who were absolutely, you know, Burt Shavitt's God rest his soul was an absolute pioneer in, I'll use, I'll use the term clean. I know it's not common, but that's what they used at the time. Mm-hmm. And kind of beauty that came from nature and all of that. He was a massive pioneer of, of that. So it was a huge, huge honor to be able to work with that brand. And I think we worked with them for about six years. And then um, we launched Method, the home cleaning brand into the UK um, so that was another major moment in terms of Pura. We, as you said earlier, we worked with Holland and Barrett. We worked with all different sorts of businesses who were just trying to do things better, which was really interesting for us. Um, and then we worked with, in the early days, like literally sometimes couldn't believe the people that were phoning us that wanted to work with us. We worked with Moulton Brown for many years. And as a London-based business, to work with a brand that literally started with the most incredible history, which which started in hair care, as you'll know, and started on South, you know, in early days in South Moulton Street, which was a stone's throw away from where we were based, was amazing. And it was like, oh my God, I can't believe we work with Moulton Brown. It's like one of, at the time, was like one of my absolute favourite brands. So it's all sort of grew from there and different people that we met. And the beauty industry is such an incredible space, honestly. The people yeah. that we've met, that we know, the experts, the brand owners, it's ju- it's just been mind blowing. Honestly, it has. Um, and the, and yeah. then the and then the company has really just grown organically, really since then. Um, and we've had we've always been in the same area in Fitzrovia. We love it. Yep. We're there because we're equidistant between where we both live, and we'll always stick to that. And also it used to be you'd constantly go out to like all the publishing houses and we were right, you know, we were a three minute walk from Condé Nast. So if we needed product needed to be there, you can get it there in a heartbeat. And of course, in PR, there's nothing more important than being efficient. Exactly. So things like that made a difference. Oh, that's amazing. And I kind of want to talk a bit about the pandemic because obviously this was a very crazy time for most businesses what was it like for you it was amazing it yeah. was amazing because i love a challenge yeah i love a challenge so much and there's nothing better that for me and also for cara if there's a problem to f- there's nothing better than finding a Solving solution it. and wow. i say that to the team all of the time like okay. don't come to me with a problem come to me with come a solution, solution. Yeah. right So the pandemic was super interesting because we were looking very closely at what was going on in China and we could see that it kind of looked like we were going to go into lockdown as well. So we were very fortunate that um, we have a really good IT company that we work with called Prime Networks. We've worked with them for very many, many, many years. And we, Cara and I, were very much focused on everyone has to be in the office. We don't want people working from home, la, 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 all of this forever because we just felt it's more collaborative, it's more creative. And then it was like, right, we're going to have to work from home. Um, So actually we got Prime Networks like literally within about 24 hours had set everyone up. And then about two weeks before we went into lockdown, no, three weeks before we went into lockdown, we did a trial. So I said to everyone, your computer has been set up, you can take them home, or then getting more laptops in and all that type of stuff, because a lot of it was, you know, PCs or whatever. Yeah. And 
we did a trial actually so we did a two i think we did a one i can't remember exactly one or two day trial from home no one came into the office and we tried to operate in a way that we could imagine we were all working from home and couldn't move out of our offices so we practiced that we practiced that for a day then we yeah. came in the next day and um, everyone fed back what were the what were basically what were the challenges what were the things that didn't work so well and what do we need to yeah. do to rectify that so we worked all that out then everyone had so it was like we didn't have stock that we need to send. a major part of pr is sending out products right so how were we going to manage that so then we worked out who would take what products home and blah 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 and all of that and when we were we actually shut down our office before about four days, I think, before the country went into lockdown on the basis of we knew it was happening and we wanted to protect our team and their families. So let's go home and we're ready. And we literally hit the ground running, if I'm honest. I mean, we did this massive mailer um, within the first week of lockdown like with huge boxes of all this stuff that was going out. And people had to work really, really hard. Um, but we did it and it was more important than ever for us to to speak about our brands as much as we could, to generate as much conversation about our brands as we possibly could, because there was so much other conversation that was clearly about the news and about health and all about those things that that really mattered that yeah. if there was going to be talk about beauty, we had to get our clients involved. We had to get people wanting to buy our brands over other people's brands. Yeah. So exactly. it was it was not a case of, oh, we took it easy in the pandemic. We have never worked harder wow. in our lives than we did during that time. And I think it's because of that and the pre-planning that we were able we were able to keep our clients' businesses buoyant for them. So good. And, and probably get new clients too, because a lot of new businesses were created during this period of time, yeah. like mine, for example. And uh, often, like for brands like Fable, our first kind of only things we were to think about were influencers, social and PR, because they're the only things, you know, stores were closed. And the only way to communicate, people were reading more content online, people were, um, you know, and there were still, you know, in essential stores, magazines were still there for sure. And um, although a lot of it is digital. Uh, and the best way to get our brand out there was incredible articles, incredible influence, you know, influencers talking about the brand. Uh, so you must have had a lot of... Did you have a big influx of, like, new business opportunities during the Yeah, time? we did have... Well, it was interesting. We had... We kind of thought about, okay, well, life's changing for a while and we don't know how long for. But what yes. we know for sure is people are at home a lot, yeah. right? Yeah. A whole entire time. I mean... Yeah, so it's okay. like, right, what do we need? Um, how, how can we help? You know, how can we help? Where, where's the growth opportunity here for us? And then we very, very quickly, our first new client during that time was a garden furniture company. Yeah. So we started very quickly working working with Moda's Furniture because everyone was at home and everyone wanted, if they had were fortunate enough to have a garden outdoor space, they wanted to make it look good. So that type of thing happened. But also you had this incredible opportunity, Akash, that all of these amazing people mm. were at home, right? So all of these heads of businesses, all of these top senior marketeers... <laughs> they were still for once in their life. They were... Right? They weren't on an aeroplane. They were no. reachable. You could meet yeah. with people who you wouldn't have That's in your so world. That's true. That's such a good point. That's such a good point. 
And I think, like, you know, okay, the Zoom fatigue wasn't there at the beginning, right? We were very open to no, it. No, our, f- our first Zoom was super was fun. Like, I don't remember yeah. how we actually... Loads of our clients were international. I don't... Did we used to just speak on the phone? I can't yeah. remember. I know, half of them, even today, you'll probably be like, I think we met many times in person. You'd be like, oh, no, maybe we didn't. Maybe it was all on Zoom. But it feels so... Well, that's all we could connect with. And it was so... It was so um, yeah, it was so easy to connect at that time with really a lot of people that, as exactly as you said, were not either accessible whether it was a, their busy schedule or even just wanting to be available right because yeah. they were just but then they they had more time they had more time to sit down and also i think um a bit of fomo as well right like they needed to connect and meet people and were always winning i found yeah. to meet especially editors and stuff that uh, they were always open to do this like virtual coffee so it was like you, know, you get your coffee i get my coffee we'll exactly. enjoy it some amazing uh, agencies and stuff um not really from the like more the agencies that wouldn't normally want to talk to, you know, the ones that send you all the LinkedIn, like we can increase your ROAS by 900X, oh, yeah. those ones. But they would sometimes like send you little like vouchers for like five pound coffees. And it would be quite right. an interesting way to like get you in and be yeah. like, we've given you this Amazon voucher, buy yourself a coffee and come, let's do a Zoom. We I didn't did, end up honestly, doing it. Did you do it? No. When I say like, it was an amazing time. It really, why, another reason, it, I mean, obviously it had its downfalls, of course, mm. but in terms of like people's health and all in terms, that, in terms of I business yeah yeah that that i none of us no no, no one's judging us because we're talking yeah. about business but here from of course business we know it's a terrible time yeah. it was yeah. an amazing opportunity to think okay well we've got this launch right so what are we going to do how are we going to get because you know okay the stores were from for the most part the stores were shut but they were all online and what we're going to do so as an example one of our clients is elf cosmetics and um each spring they launch a limited edition collection and they were launching this collection called Mint Melt, which was inspired by um, chocolate chip ice cream, which sounds as delicious as it is. Um, and Elf are known for, for creating kind of premium inspired cosmetics for every eye, lip and face. And it's a very affordable range. Fortunately for them, their main retailers are Boots and Superdrug, which were two of the stores, well, Boots certainly was allowed to be open because they were selling medicines so there was some element of stores still being open but it was how are we going to launch this when we you know because we had intended to, there was going to be a live event for this but there couldn't be obviously and so we actually created this beautiful a beautiful truck with all of the kind of beautiful mint green branding on it with the all the the eye palettes and all the products all around the truck and we took and it was an ice cream we created basically an ice cream truck so we took this ice cream truck round to all of the key editors and influencers within like the m25 area and um so we literally and everyone obviously was with masks it was all at distance and it was outside um but you know we're going to these people like the top 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 editors and influencers in the country we're hand delivering them ice cream which was great for them great for their kids who were off school and presenting them with our beautiful elf's mint melt collection and the support that they had for it the coverage was literally off the charts and sales were were amazing and i think the emv was like at that time the emv was the highest that that had generated from any launch so it was amazing and it was because we were able to have a bit more freedom and be more creative and so loads of ideas stem from that actually and I think quite a lot of other brands then went on and did similar things but that was that was our first big big move in in lockdown. That's amazing. Oh, it's so good to hear. Well, so, so now going to the future, what, what sort of um 
you know, what's your vision for Pure PR going forward? It's exciting. I think it's really exciting times. I think obviously we're doing, obviously we do a lot, you know, PR, influencer relations, influencer marketing and all of that. We're doing as well. We're doing quite a lot of um, social media for our brand. So we look after Elf and also Moroccan Oil for their social media. We've got the uh, talent management. So we're working with like Caroline Barnes and also Matthew Mm. Williamson as kind of a starting point into that. Um, And also we do like digital design for our clients as well. We've got with our team. So we do like creating GIFs and creating filters. And so we and we've also got copywriting as part of it. So we're helping build almost like a portfolio within our business that brands can come to us. and We can help with different elements. We can help with the look of it. We can help with the messaging and what the brand sounds like and all of that. So that's a really exciting time for us. And I think... um, there's a lot of growth opportunity in terms of the, the types of brands that we can work with, but also more in, you know, whether it's like more in technology and a lot more um, those types of things. Um, so we're kind of laser focused on sort of what the next five years brings for us. Um, because the thing with PR, it's constantly evolving and constantly changing. But in the same way, we were the first agency, however many years ago, to do an act, you know, to embrace those bloggers with, you know, with, with arms wide open when everyone else was like, well, who are these weird people? Um, we've got to be ahead of it. So it's always looking for the new platforms. You know, it's looking, it's looking at TikTok. It's looking at Be Real. It's finding where those mm-hmm. conversations are happening and also seeing the relevance for all of our brands and making them understand that. And then also looking at communities for our clients and for ourselves within um, within different areas, you know, so for like a beauty brand to not just talk talk in a beauty space, for beauty brands to talk in a travel space or in a fashion space or in a food space or whatever. We also doing a lot, a lot, a lot with with collaboration. So looking for partners mm-hmm. for our clients, for them to work with. And I think, you know, working working collaboratively really to see those opportunities of growth and make success for our clients. I'm so excited to to see the future. I mean, it's just going to be more and more again pure growth i would say um and it's yeah it's just and and who knows what's ahead of us that's the thing but if there's any challenges i know you kelly will definitely be up for the challenge and and ride it to full storms i'm very excited for that but um i do normally go to uh, a desert island situation but i was actually thinking about this earlier and i was like how mean would it be to be like if you can only bring one one brand of yours to the island or something i was like i'm not going to do that to you but but i will say yeah, yeah exactly i will I was, i'll go straight to fire on um so this is like a kind of first question but i guess like the question i was going to ask is is like if you were going to bring one other kind of brand um like you know that you would love to have in your roster like a dream brand um is that something you could like i guess it could be like a, the biggest brand is there someone like you really would, would love to have right now i would love to have some more kind of high street brands because i think with kind of cost of living crisis and all of that i think people really feel the benefit of beauty in terms of how it makes them feel so i would be love to be able to give people more opportunity to access to brands that can give them that feel good factor but without having to spend a fortune on the other hand working with premium brands is always wonderful and i know like for example the times have taken lux into this kind of new online verticals there's definitely appetite for that and that's really exciting i really would love to work with some technology brands whether that's tools or it's something new and interesting 
Um, just more, just more brands in the, in the right, in the, in the, in the, in the verticals that are like, yeah, I think pioneering, innovative and conscious. Like I completely understand. But also I love, I love working with founder brands. I love yeah. it because that yeah, energy and that excitement and the ability to move really quickly is yeah. very, very exciting to me. I completely agree. And that's why, that's why I got the podcast is I yeah. like to speak to founders of amazing yeah. beauty businesses. So yeah, couldn't agree more. So five round question. This is the first thing that comes to your mind. So okay. uh, first question is what's another beauty brand like not, or a beauty brand that you're currently loving? That's not one of my clients. That's not one of your clients. Can I say Fable and Main and can I tell you of why? Of course you can. Yeah, please. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, first of all, I love the story. I love the oh, authenticity of it. I love how it works. I love... All of that side of it, I think your pop-up in Selfridges was outstanding, oh, beautiful. Um, I think you're doing brilliant things. Absolutely oh. love it. Oh, thank you. It means a lot. I really appreciate that. And yeah, it's exciting to to kind of see, like, you know, coming from corporate, I worked in Estee, worked in Dior, worked in all these companies. It was always scary to leave that kind of big companies to create your own thing. Um, but I think it's just, it grows. When it grows, the, the love and people, people share their stories of how they feel about it just makes me motivated every day. I'm sure the same with you with Pure PR. Um, when people give you feedback, your clients, your brands. And I can tell you what I've seen is just amazing. From um, even, even the way, from my interactions with you guys, from uh, you know, booking someone that your founder is on, et cetera, you guys, like your team, have, I can really see you yeah. in your team. Does oh, that make sense? Nice. The way yeah. they also, like, it's, yeah, you've got such an amazing culture. So really... I would say the same with you. Um, my next question is, do you have a guilty pleasure that, you know? I don't know if it's guilty. I was thinking like, what? it's an interesting thing because I only really recognise this, I think, when we came out of lockdown is the things that I really enjoy doing. Yeah. And I really love going to live music. Yeah. I love live music. I don't know if that counts. Yeah, that counts. Like, you know, something that you'd like indulge in, overindulgent. So yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Uh, my next question is, what are you currently watching or reading? I just watched The Watcher, which was kind of scary. Yeah. Um, but also a bit of, I, I didn't love it at the end, but that's, I think that's, that's what, that's what's off put me. Everyone's like, oh, the ending is like so open to interpretation. I was like, okay, I don't know if I, I just, I was like, summarize it for me, but apparently there's some good scenes like the dumb waiter and all this stuff. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll watch a few episodes. Yeah, no, it's definitely worth watching. Yeah. I don't watch a lot of TV to be honest. Okay. I'm very bad at suspending my disbelief. I like things that are factual and like yeah. true stories. So I like yeah. to read a lot of, um, kind of, real people's stories nice I like that so I'm currently reading David Dean's book which is about his um his interest in football and kind of how he grew up in football and yeah. ended up and well doesn't end up but um moved to kind of becoming um vice chairman of Arsenal Football Club and yeah. um being absolutely fundamental and kind of the the foundations of building the Premier League and now yeah. the charity the twinning project that he's working on so that's a really great book Oh, cool. Um, my next question is, do you have like a favorite social media platform right now? I think it's probably Instagram where I spend my most time. Is it my favorite? I spend most of my time there. Yeah. I feel like I, I should be spending, I, I spend a bit of time on TikTok, but not nearly enough. And I feel like I should be doing that. But I yeah. only want to do that from a professional perspective in Not terms of seeing what's going on rather than for me, because actually for me, social media is more of a work thing than a social. Yeah. And I think best, honestly, it can yeah. be very time consuming otherwise. Um, yeah. uh, next question is, do you have a favorite quote? Do I? Yes. Um, but can I get it right? 
So it's not necessarily a quote, but they say it's a prayer. Um, mm. My mother always used to say this, and and I think she's absolutely right. So she says, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, mm-hmm. courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, thank you for that. And my last question is if you weren't, you know, the founder of your co-founder of your own PR agency and, you know, there's, a, there's so many different facets, I think, yeah, beauty business, what would Kelly be doing right now? Do you know what? What I think I, I would quite like to have done somehow, if I could, was maybe be an actress. And I'm not Ooh. sure if I would have it's even been a good actress. Never too late. Never, never too late. Never too late. And I always say, if you have a curiosity, just try it. Even if it's like a one-off, like, okay, I've made myself in one episode of this thing. Try it. I do think it. I'd be too terrified to do it now. I, I think you'll surprise yourself. I really think, I think you will. I think like you love a challenge. I think it's in the head, right? I even I'm the same as you. I'll be like, no, 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 I couldn't. But then I know if, if I was in the opportunity, I would like, I would kill it. Like I would do it, you know, I would make sure. So I think you're the same as me. So you're going to make sure you'll do a good job. Um, but yeah, so well, Kelly, it's been such a pleasure. I, I next, we need to meet in person. We're just across the pond. So like, we're, not the pond. Street. What are you talking about? I mean, stream, the, the, yeah. the lake, <laughs> whatever. Uh, but at uh, the canal, technically. In the meantime, where can everyone follow yourself and obviously the agency or maybe learn more about your, what you guys do? Sure. So the business on Instagram, we're Pure PR London. And yeah. I'm on Instagram, I am Pure PR Kelly, just for ease. Um, and then there's Pure PR Cara. Um, and then our website is purepr.com. Easy. I'll put all the links in the summary anyway, it's so people can just tap away, but they're not going to forget that, I don't think so. Uh, but Kelly, um, till next time, maybe, maybe you know what we should do next? We should, oh. we should meet TJ Fridays. I haven't been in Perfect. 20, I don't and know when know is the what? last time I've been. Yeah. I'll buy us both a baked potato. I think we deserve that now. <laughs> we, we deserve that, okay? But we're doing That's baked potatoes. It. Deal. Perfect. Okay, well, I can't wait till then. And thank you so much again for sharing your story. Lovely to speak to you today. Thanks so much. hope you enjoyed this episode of founded beauty as much as i had making it and if you did please share it with a friend who you think will love it too founded beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as apple Podcasts, spotify amazon music podcast the acast app and many more and i'm also very proud to be part of the acast creator network so be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop we really appreciate every single follow listen share and review it truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable Main goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops. <laughs>